Hello, I'm James Thomas for Four Seas One Family. And before we get into the show, I just want to take this time to thank everyone for all the email I'm getting concerning, you know, life abroad, living as an expat. And I really appreciate this because this is what I need to help get the word out and to show that fundamentally we are all the same but different. And hopefully we can learn from each other. And also this will be the catalyst to try to help, you know, crush or even destroy the misconceptions that we have about each other. Because, you know, we are all the same and different. And that's why we should take this opportunity to um, learn from each other. And, you know, if you can, please stop by iTunes and leave, leave us some iTunes love there and uh, help us get the word out because that really helps me a lot. And um, it is all, if it's possible, you can leave me a, a voice message on the website, 4Cs1Family.com. When you go to the website, there's a little tab on the right-hand side, a little floating tab that goes up and down. While you scroll, you can like press that button and uh, leave a message to me via uh, speak pipe. And um, maybe I can get into the show. Well, without further ado, let's go right into the show. Thank you very much. You're listening to 4Cs1 Family. Episode number 20. Welcome to Four Seas One Family, the podcast where expats and future expats can share and learn about life experiences abroad. I'm your host, James Thomas, coming to you from Taipei, Taiwan, and I'm glad to have you traveling along with me on this journey. Today, I have a special guest in the office studio here in Taipei. Uh, I met him a couple of years ago at a filmmaker's group, Mr. Anton Butan. How you doing? Hi, uh, thank you, James. Thanks for having me, and it's a wonderful opportunity. I'm doing wonderful. It's, it's a wonderful day. Thank well, you. Thank you for coming down on this no, cool no Sunday here in Taipei. Perfect weather. <laughs> how, was, how was your train ride? Oh, it was wonderful. Nobody's on the train at midday. Yeah, at midday. Yeah, midday, 12 o'clock. Nobody's on the train. Tell me about where you're from. Um, I'm from South Africa, originally. I grew up in South Africa. Um, basically, I grew up in a desert in South Africa, a desert part. And uh, I've lived there... Uh, until I finished my, my school, my university, and I worked there for seven years. And then I came to Taiwan. Came with 13 years ago. 13 years ago. 13 years ago. What, what yeah. brought you here? It's quite interesting. I, I, I was trained as a lawyer, and oh. I studied to be a lawyer. I worked as a lawyer uh, for the South African Air Force. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I decided I need to take a break mm -hmm. because my love is music. It's not law. I started to be a lawyer. <laughs> so why, why didn't you get into music law or something like that? Yeah, it's not quite the same to me. I want to create music. Uh -huh. I, I don't want to do the patents and stuff like that. So as a lawyer, I had no free time. Mm -hmm. So I had a secretary, and the secretary told me, listen, I have a friend in Taiwan teaching English. Why don't you just take a year break and go mm -hmm. to Taiwan? I had no idea where Taiwan was. No idea? No idea. Zero. You just, no, knew how to no, no, no. you just knew how to spell it. Not even. <laughs> Not even Spanish. <laughs> I thought it's like Thailand or China or something. Yeah. So anyway, I, it started with a T, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I came to Taiwan, and after a year, I just decided to stay. You, that's it. I, and I'm still here. Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years. I'm yeah. going for a year, and then thirteen year, years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I, you didn't do any research. No, nothing. And it was the first time I left my country. I never traveled anywhere. I studied never. in South Africa for like thirty years, thirty-two years, uh -huh. without being in another country. And you left South Africa at an interesting time, to say the least. Oh, yes, yes. Um, 
Actually, so I was I, I finished my high school in 1988, mm-hmm. and then I went to university. While I was at the university, it was the whole change over Mandela's release. Right, right. In 1991, Mandela was released from prison, mm-hmm. um, and I joined the military in 1994 when the new government was formed. Right. So, uh, and for me, it was strange because I grew up in an, in South Africa where it was really racist. Mm-hmm. I remember the separate beaches. Uh-huh. I remember how black people used to walk in the street. They're mm-hmm. not allowed to walk on the pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, separate buses, separate public toilets. Oh. That was normal. That's the way I grew up. And that's, and that's what I believed. If I right. saw a black person when I was a kid, I, I saw him as my, 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 my lesser. lesser being. You know? Right. It, it, that's I, really shocking. It's, as an African-American, yeah, yeah. you know, we, we've been through civil rights issues and all that stuff. And... and Yes, we had Rosa Parks and all that stuff, but you know, to hear it at this level coming from a, a mm, South African, mm, mm. it's really educational to me. Yeah, yeah. And and my parents were really right winged, like uh-huh. completely white white supremacy right winged. Mm-hmm. And we believed in that system. They because, were educated like that. Yeah, yeah, because we believe it's if the if the if everybody's equal, because in South Africa seventy five percent of the people are black, mm-hmm. we were fearing for the for the worst that yeah, we're gonna yeah. lose the country. And uh, the funny thing is I voted for the white party mm-hmm. in, I think, 1988, 1989, but the first time I could, I could vote. And then the next election, four years later, I voted for Mandela. Mandela. Because I just changed my opinion when I was at university. What, what caused you to... Um, I change? saw life for real. Like, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, in a, in a desert, mm-hmm. where all the people were thinking like me. It's very interesting you say the desert. In, in, in America, we say, I grew up in the sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, the, the desert is a funny thing as well. Um, there was a, a big flood in mm-hmm. my hometown. In the yeah. desert? Yeah, yeah. In 1981. Uh, oh, like, okay. a, a, like a real freak thing. Uh-huh. And the old town was washed away. Like 100 people died. Ooh, my grandmother sorry. included. Oh, so, sorry, oh my it. goodness. It was such a strange time. The old town was just covered with like five meters of a mud. Desert. Desert. We got a flood in the desert. A flood in the desert. You know, that's a very interesting analogy. A flood in the desert probably represents changes in the systems that were always thought to be the same, but then you get a flood someplace where you shouldn't. Exactly. It's still one of the major events in South African history, one of the freak events, you know. That's but very anyway, freak. So, so we were basically, and then I, I when, I, when I, was, well, I studied law at a kind of a white university as well, like a conservative university. It's a town called Porchestruum. Uh-huh. And, but even at Porchestruum, I changed my mind. I started thinking, I started going to like uh, ANC rallies, mm-hmm. ANC activities, and I, I pulled further away from, the, from my parents. But, but you were not alone, though. What, how about the other students your age? Uh, not so many. Like, so it many. was still a white university. Mm-hmm. So most of them were still thinking like the old, old regime, the old system. You wow. know? So, yeah. so with this kind of background, lawyer whose heart is really into creating music, your secretary tells you, go to Taiwan, take a year off, teach English 13 mm. years ago, mm. and you're still anchored here. You did not do any research. Nothing. And you didn't Nothing. know how to spell Taiwan. No. no. <laughs> to be an English teacher. <laughs> and you're here. I mean, you know, that, 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 that's really a, a quite a change. And you mm. came mm. alone. Mm. Yes, I did. I did uh, for the first three months. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I really uplifted my life in South Africa because mm-hmm. I had a good job as a lawyer, and I also had a very stable relationship. 
Mm-hmm. I, I had a partner for four years at mm-hmm. that time, and we, we bought a house together. Mm-hmm. I lived in, in South Africa. Yeah, in South Africa, in Cape Town. Uh-huh. I lived in Cape Town, and Cape Town is the most beautiful city in the world, you know. <laughs> That's an opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we will leave Cape Town, a stable relationship, a house, a good job, and come to Taiwan. It's kind of, it's, uh, it's a kind of crazy thing to do. So kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I was so tired of being a lawyer, so tired of the law. I just had to, I had to do something else. Yeah. How, how do you explain to there's other issues I want to talk about mm. because uh, there's other issues I want to raise uh, up with you here in, in, this, in this podcast. But how do you deal? How do you handle a situation where people back home ask you, you know, why are you staying? Why are you staying abroad mm. so long? Why are you not coming back home? I mean, how do you deal with that? In South Africa, in my case, it's quite easy mm-hmm. because South mm-hmm. Africa, the situation is not so good. The viol- there's a lot of violence in South yes, Africa, yes. and even South Africans will admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of crime. There's a lot of violence. There's not so many job opportun- opportunities. Mm-hmm. Stable so, job opportunities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, like a middle-aged man, mm-hmm. um, it's not so easy to find a good job. I can probably make more money teaching English in Taiwan than I can make as a lawyer in South Africa. That's scary to hear. I know, and that's that's reality. So people at home, they understand. Hmm. They completely understand. I think sometimes they're a bit jealous as well, that oh. they would love to make the change themselves. But? They cannot get away from the South African traditions. They love the rugby and barbecue and, you know, the typical South African traditions. I, I don't care about that. Well, well you know... Uh, uh, we have to let people know that here in Taiwan we have rugby too. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. There's many of the welcoming South Africans that I've, I've met here in Taiwan, you know, I'm, I'm from New York City, mm-hmm. South Bronx, Fort mm-hmm. Apache. Mm-hmm. And my education, what I learned about South Africa was the white people are assholes, you yeah. know. And that's completely true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, then I meet these South African assholes here. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. Even yeah. if, uh, you know, there's some people, regardless what, you're going you're gonna to get these A's, yes, yes, A's yes. anywhere. I don't yeah. care, you know, but I've met people like you, myself, mm. and we can get along. You know, we are mm-hmm. all the same but different, so that's cool. Mm. But this is the thing. I think, from my opinion, some people are so used to their sheltered environment and existence mm. that they are mm. afraid yeah. to get out of that. Yes. Like you said, South Africa... You grew up with a certain mindset, but you were able to break through to poor, to get through that yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and go a different direction. Yeah. Would you say this is the reason why, in the case of South Africa, people are just afraid to get out of that safety zone? And Because Americans are. There are a lot of Americans that are. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think America, I, you're in a better situation. You're in a better position. Like, and this is still maybe an opinion, but you're mm-hmm. probably the most powerful country on, on earth. Mm-hmm. So people like to be associated with that. They like to stay in the most powerful country on earth. Mm-hmm. Um, so Africa is not. And right. um, look, it's easy for South Africans my age to come to Taiwan and just start by teaching English mm-hmm. if you really want to make a break. You just need a degree, any degree. Mm. <laughs> you don't, you don't yeah. need a teaching degree. You know what I mean? So if people want to make a change, it's easy. Mm-hmm. But something is something's holding them back. And I think it's the culture, you know, the pressure of my friends, my family, yes. my things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and that's what held, that was holding them back. What, I in, think. what, inter- what interesting discoveries, right? You, you're here. And mm. What interesting discoveries have you made about yourself as a South African mm. living abroad? What are some of the interesting discoveries you made about yourself? Ooh. 
Well, let me give you, let me give you an example. Like this morning when I came up from Sinchu, mm-hmm. uh, I got on the train a little not in Sinchu, like three stops away. Mm-hmm. When I got on the train, there was like a twenty foreigners, mm-hmm. which is unusual. It's unusual. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like okay. a group of twenty foreigners sitting on the train, and they were speaking my language, Afrikaans. So there were like twenty foreigners coming from Sinchu, going to Taiwan. They got up in Taiwan. I found myself not going to talk to them and not sitting next to them. Interesting. I, 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 I sat in a, in, a, in another corner with the Taiwanese people uh-huh. because these Africans were so, so rowdy and so noisy. Uh-huh. And it was like 10 o'clock in the morning and they were drinking beer on the train. Okay, I hope they, don't, they didn't get confused with Americans though. <laughs> no, <laughs> okay. I, I listened for the accent. It wasn't, there wasn't any no, Americans. The, so, right. And I thought, hey, ma- come on, you foreigners in Taiwan, really? You know the incident on the MRT where the guy got insulted? Oh, the, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I should say this, but I, I know that guy, guy's an asshole, uh-huh. but I kind of agree with some of the stuff he said. Uh, well, in a way. Like, many foreigners coming to Taiwan is because they cannot find a job in their own country, mm-hmm. you know, not, not a good, stable job. Okay. Or they think Taiwan is an easy ride. Mm-hmm. I see that at schools, like uh, many foreigners, they teach English at schools, but they're not really committed. Right. They just go and they, 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 will, they, will, part, they will part drunk. Uh-huh. And just go through the They're day. not professional. They're not professional. And I don't like that about foreigners in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So to come back to your question, what, 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 what have I changed about myself in coming to Taiwan? Mm-hmm. I'm not so foreigner friendly anymore. <laughs> okay. You know, uh, wow. I, it's, you, it's, not, it's not an easy thing to say, but... I, no, yeah. I understand it. And you open up another time bomb, even for mm. me personally, mm. Okay. Uh, this interview is supposed to be about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the thing is, um, as a foreign expat, right, mm-hmm. uh, respectable person, if you're going to live in another culture, mm. you need to understand a little bit about it. Be humble. Yes. Okay? yes and yes, there yes. are situations where uh, some Westerners uh, do end up in, an, in another country and not, uh, they're not as respectful as mm-hmm. they should mm-hmm. be. You don't go someplace with a superiority complex. The arrogant, you know. That's the bottom word. And you need to be humble, Mm -hmm. right? And and being humble takes you a long way because, you know, uh, you find out that there are people who are afraid of you because you're different, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you look different, Mm -hmm. Uh, you eat different things. You may even smell different. Yep. But if you take the... Apply an applied approach to be respectful and learn about your environment and understand you're not in Kansas anymore, Dorothy. Mm-hmm. It'll take a mm-hmm. long. It, it'll 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 help you learn about yourself more, learn about others. And I have this issue with with some foreigners that come mm-hmm. in with that attitude too. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not I'm not no better than anybody else. Yeah, I'm a little bit arrogant as well. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> but there's certain there's certain arrogance. Well. Maybe some pride is, is, yeah, 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 is, is yeah, pride yes. can be a, a type of arrogance. Yes, but the yes. thing is, this is not your home. You should uh-huh. respect it. Uh-huh. And you are a representative of not only yourself, your country, whatever. Yes. Right? We are representatives and we should be good representatives. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I understand because mm-hmm. sometimes you meet, as an expat, you meet other foreigners who are just coming through. Yes, yes. Sir. And they are not aware of the cultural concepts or in impact that they may have in the culture or the, mm. or the type of impression they leave on people. That's quite unfortunate. I do try to talk to some foreigners here who are new and mm-hmm. just here for the party ride. But 
it is hard. And, and sometimes it makes me not to want to meet some foreigners mm-hmm. who've only been here for two months. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I, feel the same, I feel that way too. But look, there's another group of foreigners in Taiwan. I always think there are like two groups of foreigners. The I, one I will say the, more than that. Yeah, though. yeah, well, broadly speaking. The one is the English teaching. After work, we drink beer, we hang out, and, that's, and we have hangovers all weekend. <laughs> then there's another group, like the group you met, you met me, like Tubi's group. Right, right. Where you're a filmmaker's community right and then there's another group that i belong to the stage community yes you know that's that's a different kind of mindset if you go to meet with those people you, you have a different opinion it's about a, foreigners in taiwan it's, a, it's an idea of being respectful to yourself yes, yes. being respectful for your community because mm-hmm. we are guests mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it's a lot more better jowlil, uh, learning that can be done from each other in yeah. cooperation this yeah. is the thing that Maybe sometimes we do cause issues with the local with people, you know, the local part of society. Yeah, we yeah. have to break that out. And sometimes when when local people see the good side or what they can learn from other from, from expats, they actually see that there are some assholes that are foreigners, just like locals. Yes, they, yes. They would just avoid. Yes, yes, yes. And and it's quite unfortunate. And so, it's still your choice, you know, who it, you hang out with. It is your choice. Yeah. And even back home, you're gonna bump into people like that exactly yeah you know and that's the hard you know yeah i just you know hope i i, I want to hear from from our listeners you know what they think about that you know while, while you here you know are there any type of any cultural things that mm. that stand out in your mind about being overseas oh, especially here in taiwan do you do you believe in reincarnation reincarnation <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I say believe in it or but not. I'm more you're agnostic not, about it. Yeah, you're not completely rule it out. You, no, I can't, but I, I, I would say that uh, the way you treat people should be the way you want people to treat you. Okay. Because uh, when I came to Taiwan, I had no experience about Eastern culture, mm-hmm. but I felt at home immediately. So immediately? It must, it must be from another, I don't know, from another time, maybe mm-hmm. previous, I don't know, previous lives. Cool. I don't know much about that, but that's my opinion. Like, maybe I've, I've been here before. I've uh-huh. been in Asia before. I just felt at home. Like, uh, I came together with a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. He was also going to teach, uh, and we just made a week before we came over. Uh-huh. The food. Like, we were offered stinky tofu. Uh-huh. And Chalofu. I loved it. I loved it. And he, he <laughs> threw up. You You're know? a special type of person, though. Yeah, so, I, and I, I just thought I loved the food. And he, I gained weight, and he lost weight. And Maybe that's still a thing in Taiwan. Many foreigners come here that just don't get used to or they don't like the culture, the Eastern culture. Would you say that some people in general are just not suited to live away from their home culture? Or maybe not in the Eastern culture. Maybe they can go to Europe. Okay, it's more familiar. Yeah, yeah, but not that that different. For example, if I go on holiday, I've been to England before. I hated it, you know, (laughs) (laughs) as a holiday experience. But put me in Philippines, Uh put me in Thailand. I'm as happy as can be. Huh. So maybe it's from a previous life or something that I just I just love Eastern culture. For South African and out in the boonies in the desert that floods, you feel at home in Asia. Completely at home, and oh. uh, I, I just love the way people people treat each other. You know the the quietness, the calmness, the respect, hmm. which we don't get in South Africa. South Africa is loud. And maybe mm-hmm. America as well. People are loud. Yeah, so people America, are, yeah. we have we opinionated. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which you don't get in Taiwan. Well, I, I would say, as far as I'm going to hear some flack from this, I say, mm. uh, especially now with the situation back home, you know, people 
have their eyes wide shut. Mm-hmm. They have their mm-hmm. eyes wide shut. Yeah. And they're, they, because maybe because of the media there, uh, the, the, the choices of the filtration of news they're getting, they're mm-hmm. blocked in, in a corner almost. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because uh, this probably is the same as you. When, when you see your own nation from outside, mm-hmm. you find out that everybody else knows more about you then you know about them yeah. or you see your home in a different light. And sometimes you pity some things, not that you're better, but as far as I see, it, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. and me being out here, I talk to some local people here, my, my, my friends in Japan. And it's almost laughable what's mm. happening in some of these so-called powerful nations. Yes, yes, yes. They don't know what to do with their freedoms. Yeah. It's like a circus sometimes, you know, it's like, come on. It, it, it's like a circus. <laughs> it is. But another thing, I haven't, yeah. I haven't been watching TV for the last 20 years. 20 years. 20 years. Even when I was in South Africa, I just decided, come on, I'm not going to watch this all day. And just my mood get influenced by all this news uh-huh. and things. So for the last 20 years, I haven't been watching TV. I haven't read any newspapers. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of isolated. So maybe I'm not somebody who can give you an opinion about the world or uh-huh. things in the world. Because my life is very... Focus. Focus. I, I want to say narrow, but that sounds weird. But I don't think you. I don't think you're. No, you get out. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you, I, do, you, I, do, you, I do. You're involved with uh, uh, certain issues that I'm going to talk more about yeah, later. Yeah. But you're involved in filmmaking. Uh, you're a great uh, uh, sound designer. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I tell you what, let's mm. take a break right now. I'm going to okay. play some of the music you write. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, Thanks. Yes, we'll be right back. That was really nice. Uh, Thank you, James. Tell me about your your, your writing process. Oh, okay. Basically, I've I've opened my studio. I started my studio about five years ago, my music studio, recording studio. It comes from before that. When I was a student, my parents had no money. They they were not wealthy people. So I had to pay for my own studies. Mm -hmm. So what I did, I bought a keyboard, I bought a guitar, I bought a microphone, and I sang my way through university. You sang your way through university? Yeah, yeah. I had a one-man band. I played in restaurants. Oh, So when people are eating, I would play the 
keyboard, I would sing, and I would play the guitar and sing. Where, do, where were your influences coming from? Uh, I played Beatles, Bee Gees, all the old standards. Oh. Basically all the old standards, all the 70s, 60s songs. And you taught yourself how to play? Completely. I never had any training. Zero. Like even guitar. I started playing guitar when I was five, but I never, I started from books. Oh. You know, and just, oh, this is the chord. Okay, then do it. Or even now, I'm not very confident because I have no background, no training. Not classical. So not classical, yeah. yeah so even if I write music, it's like, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing. But I'm not alone. Do you know there's a famous um, movie composer called Hans Zimmer? I've heard you know of the yes, Hans Zimmer? Uh, He's Hans a gladiator, yes. yes. that kind of guy. Yes. Hans Zimmer in an interview not long ago, he said, one day somebody's going to wake up and realize he has no idea what he's doing. Because he's hmm. from the same background as me. He has no formal training. Uh -huh. We just play from our ear, we do what we listen. What I hear something in my head and I can go to the keyboard and I can it. play it. Yeah, But oh. I'm not really sure what I'm playing. You know what I mean? You don't. You you don't name it. You don't know the name of that. Note. I don't know the. I, don't, I know the name of the notes, but uh -huh. I don't know like chord structures. I'm not really uh -huh. comfort. I just play the structures until it sounds right. Huh. So you were asking about the process. Mm. Give me an example, like like for a movie or for a. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this this you know. <laughs> this yeah. This year it? has been interesting because this year I I made I made three movies. And you made three like I was involved with three movies, oh, okay, yeah, the okay, soundtracks, okay. and then also uh, four stage plays. Hmm. It's very different because a movie. What I will do is I won't do anything until I get the image, okay. until I get the video. You have to get, you have to get that feeling, yeah, for, yeah. for the scene. Whatever. But then I will look at the video and I will, I can take my time and compose. Mm -hmm. It's much faster. But then I'm doing stage plays as well. Stage plays, I have no video, mm -hmm. so I need to just read the script. Or go to the rehearsal? Well, one or two rehearsals to see what they're That's doing. Oh. But normally at rehearsals at an early stage, they don't know what they're doing either. Uh -huh. So <laughs> yeah. it's, kind of, you know, it's kind of rough. Like this afternoon, when I leave here, I'm going to rehearsals for the next show, mm -hmm. which is called Wait Until Dark. Okay. And it's at the, uh, the lab in Beto. We put a link to that in the show notes. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, it's at the lab in Beto and it opens on Friday. Oh, cool. But even today, like a week before the show, it's still not, my music is still not fixed. Oh, are there like time limits that you gotta like mm. get this stuff out the can? It's it's done, you know. But even before the opening night, we still make some changes. Always because actors might speak faster or slower, and my music need to match their speaking. Uh -huh. Like there cannot be a crash too late or too. So that's the the stage thing is very interesting because you you need to. Very, very flexible. How, how did you develop these parameters? How did you, you just, this is just experience or just talking to people or how did you develop this type of parameters for yourself to pace your music to mm. the production process, the way the actors speak and stuff like that, you know? How, I how think it's just experience and I'm not just really, experience. I'm not really experienced. I mean, I'm, I'm no Anne Zimmer or any, anyone like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just experience. Hmm. I don't know where you pick it up. It's, I you can't learn it from anything. You, you just experience. You it. just experience. Yeah. Wow. I I did some useful um, courses. There's a school in England. Mm -hmm. It's an online. They call themselves Music for the Media. Okay. They offer online courses in orchestration, how to write music for movies, TV mm -hmm. ads, that kind of thing. I did two of their courses. And you learned that remotely. 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 So so the internet helps helped you in here in Asia prepare for screenplay production movies. And you still, sure. and, and this is really, wow, this is unlimited, you know, in, in, in mm. many ways. And the good thing about making music, you can be, you can do it all over the world. Like 
I can use the internet to sell my music as well. Mm -hmm. Like I have clients in South Africa and like for fashion shows, mm -hmm. they would just ask me to write a song. I send it to them by MP3. You know, it's, <laughs> it's good enough. The quality is for the for that is completely cool. okay. Do, do you do you do anything for say because the productions that that you going to take part in later mm -hmm. tonight is mm -hmm. a farm produced production? It's not a foreign producer. Oh. It, it, like, it used to be a movie, Wait Until Dark. It's okay, a famous okay. movie from the 60s. Uh -huh. And it was adapted. Yeah. I think the screenplay came first. Uh -huh. So we, we took the screenplay from that, from the international you know, stage. Mm -hmm. But then the, the, the production is completely Taiwanese. Mm -hmm. uh, the director oh. is from America, Brooke. Brooke, okay. Yeah, he's Brooke Hall. He's, been, okay, he's been here for a few years. Yes. Um, he's the director. Most of the actors are foreigners. Mm-hmm. But it's is a, it English and Mandarin Chinese? Uh, just the language is in English, but they have Chinese subtitles. Okay. So Mandarin subtitles. Do you find creating music... Uh, have you done any uh, projects where you had to create just for the local production, uh, local... Mm, I just finished... You know my, where, where there were no foreigners involved? Like just local Taiwanese productions? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Short films, yes. Sure, short yeah. films. Uh -huh. I've done some short films for Taiwanese... Taiwanese is individuals, the process not companies. The pro is the process much the same? That's or? very interesting. I think when I'm, I'm, I'm a total outsider yeah, in, yeah. This in this. When part. I'm working with a foreigner, like a foreigner producer like Brooke, mm -hmm. I think we see more eye to eye. Okay. It's easier. Mm -hmm. um, when I work f with Taiwanese producers or directors, it's a little bit different. Uh, of course. Uh, and it's not a negative thing, but, but I think they are more picky. They are more. They are focusing more on small issues. Okay. Like you know, small things. So like, while Brooke will just give you kind of a free range. A broad, broad range, yeah, yeah. Yeah, broader brush. And we don't, we don't talk about every single crash or every single drum beat. Mm -hmm. It's more like the big picture. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But Taiwanese directors will be very specific yeah. about specifics. Yeah, but, no, 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 because cause I, I've worked for uh, uh, directors uh, in the States and in Europe that are uh -huh. very picky, too, about yeah, yeah, every yeah. scene with, with the actors the actor I was handling, yes. so I, I, I do get that. So that that that, that it's just different different variation mm, of people mm, in different locations. Mm. What's your experience about that? Like, well, it's the same thing. It's the same yeah. thing. I've I've I've, uh, I've worked with um, uh, say uh, uh, Israeli directors and stuff like that. They were very picky in certain cases, mm. but that's okay. I mean, you're gonna find that. I just wanted mm. to know from you were there any major differences, you know? Not at all. But no, you know no. what? It's very hard to get into the Taiwanese film industry, film TV ads, that kind of thing. I find it so hard. I don't know why. I, I find it hard back in the States. Okay. But, you know, I want to go back to something because you brought something yeah. up and it had to pertain to uh, an incident that happened in the MRT here in Taipei yes, yes, a yes. couple of months ago. Uh, yeah. uh, an interesting thing is I may be interviewing, uh, I may be interviewing someone to talk about that topic in later on today, mm. but yes, some people, some expats leave their country because they're not successful in their home, mm. and and they may have some negative feelings, and they sometimes take that abroad with them. Mm. Uh, it doesn't mean that expats are losers, because mm. we're not. Cause not many as a group. Of, No, we're mm. not. No, mm. no, that's just, we're not saying that. It's just that some people come with certain baggage that we, you and I, I, I know personally, we want to mm. get rid of that. We want to just take a fire extinguisher and just burn that up. Yeah, sure. And, and that, that's something that I try to talk to my friends about that. In your expat community, besides this production thing that you do, mm. are there any mm. type of support that you guys kind of like give each other to help you 
get through your expat experience. You know, there are so many like groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. like many, and especially in Sinchu. I don't know, Sinchu is the foreigner up of really? Taiwan. Did you know that? No, well, you know, I, 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 would think, I was thinking about moving there one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there are so many foreigners. Like at my school, and we are like a private school, mm-hmm. there's like, we have 20 foreign teachers and 12 of them are South Africans. You uh-huh. know, it's like, there are so many foreigners, especially teachers in uh-huh. Sinchu, in Sinchu. Mm-hmm. Somebody was saying something like 2,000, maybe, okay. in Sinchu. Which is, wow, that's It's a quite lot. a community. Yeah, for, for, for Sinchu. Yeah, it's quite a community. So you see foreigners everywhere in Sinchu, you know, almost like Taipei. Mm-hmm. Um, support, yes. Facebook groups. There's some foreigner hangout places. Mm-hmm. There's lots of foreigner activities, like we have an Easter market. Mm-hmm. We have a Christmas market where foreigners display their goods. Uh-huh, they okay. bake, they bake, they make, they... Their artistry. Yeah, like at the Eastern Market, for example, I will take my children's CDs. Uh-huh. And I will have a table. Oh, that's right. You, you, you create these children's yeah, CDs. Yeah. That's right. So I will create the children's CDs. I will have a table with my children's CDs, play the children's music. And the foreigners, mostly foreigners at the market, will come and buy uh-huh. some of local. the CDs. How much, how much do you spend uh, getting involved with the local community? This is this is things that's that... That's interesting. I don't. You don't? I don't. Oh, you're you, such a bum. I know. Can you think of examples? Where do you, you know, like getting out and... How many, do you have many for our, our local friends here? I do. I do. This, is, this is what yeah, I'm talking I about. I have lots of local friends, but I don't really join their activities. Like Chinese New Year. You don't go... Oh, come on. You're missing. That's the best time to, to go yeah. out on Chinese New Year and get, some, get something to eat. I know. I know. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah. But I think I've been too long here, so the, it's... Chinese New Year is not so special anymore like it used to be in the because beginning. Because it's not new to you It's anymore. not new. Okay. Like in the first the first few years, you will go to Taipei 101 and you will see the fireworks. Right. And, you know, you will join all the activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lantern Festival. Now I'm kind of a homebody. Oh. I stay in my studio. Even this weekend, I, I'm lucky to get out today. I was working all weekend on the Yo, yes, I'm, I'm appreciate. I really appreciate no you worries. taking the ride up here. That's, that's it's good really to come out. You know, uh, there's another thing that I, I want to talk about this, and uh, this is something that you know has a close issue to you. And Taiwan over the years has many issues. Okay, mm-hmm. um, it's issues with getting to international organizations and things like that. But a lot of mm-hmm. things socially, Taiwan is changing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in in some ways, it's impacted you. Mm-hmm. Okay, because uh, as a as a, 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 a member of the gay population yeah, in yeah. Taiwan, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, and, no and problem. Put that in, include that in your expat experience here. Sure. Uh, when I came to Taiwan, I I, I was here for three months, and mm-hmm. I, I told you I, I had a partner in South Africa. Mm-hmm. After three months, I, I asked him to come with me. Right. So then I had a South African boyfriend in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So you which, first came here, and then yeah, right, yeah, okay. After three months, I told him, "Listen, sell your house. Taiwan is <laughs> <laughs> sell <laughs> our house, and, 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 and let's." make a new life in Taiwan because it, it seems like the, the perfect place to be. Mm-hmm. He was really unhappy because he's one of those guys. He loves his culture. He loves his stuff. Uh-huh. So it didn't work out. Like after a year, we broke up. Well, a, a straight couple have the same thing when you're going to talk to your spouse. Yeah. Yes, go. <laughs> yes, Sometimes that happens. Yes, yes, yes. It's and the one will love it and the one will hate it. Right. So uh, during that year, I was still kind of isolated because I had a white boyfriend over a foreigner boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I didn't date any Taiwanese. No. Yeah, and then after we broke up, I started dating Taiwanese, Taiwanese uh-huh. guys. Um, in Sinju? In Sinju. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough because I broke up like a month or two. Then I met my first Taiwanese boyfriend. Uh-huh. And we were together for seven years. Seven years? Seven years, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, 
Oh, that's, that's a funny story as well. That's a because, record. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I want to hear funny stories. Cool. So we lived together, and it was because that's my kind of relationship. I live with somebody. Mm-hmm. I cannot do the weekend, yeah, you know, Fly relationship. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. So we lived together, and it was, we were very happy. But I always blamed him. I said, "You had no, you have no goal in your life. Uh-huh. You go to the science park, you work every day. You work mm-hmm. from 10, 10 in the morning until ten at night. Uh-huh. Weekends you just sleep because you have no life, and that's typical of his culture. Park. That's yeah, work. Yeah. The, the work diligence. Yeah, the work ethic is. High. So I told him, "You better get a life." <laughs> he, and he said, okay, I'm going to study in England for a year. Oh. I said, okay, that's a good idea. So go and study. I'll support you, you know, for a year. I won't die in uh-huh. one year. Hopefully, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the funny thing is, when he was away, three months later, I met somebody else. Oh, you, <laughs> yes, you're, you're an asshole. <laughs> but I was feeling guilty, but actually, at that, at that stage, he met somebody else in England. Uh-huh. So I, I'm not, I don't feel that guilty. So, oh, so this was kind of like, uh, how would you say this type of UN fan? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like a, like a, uh, more than a coincidence, more like a yeah. serendipity. Yes, know? yeah, yes. Uh, serendipity. <laughs> I can't even say that word. And, and it, it's, it's got a happy ending because he got married to that guy oh, in England. In England. In England. Uh-huh. Because in England, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's illegal. Uh-huh. And my ex-boyfriend from South Africa, who I broke up with in Taiwan, he, went, he found another foreigner, South African in Taiwan. Huh. And they got married too. What's the... In w- South Africa. <laughs> so I always say, I'm the marriage trainer. Oh, so if you oh, need a warm-up guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to get married, date me for a few years, and then you'll get married to the right one. Oh, man. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Tell, how, uh, yeah, well, while we're on this issue, how... Do you know much about the Taiwanese laws or... I, I uh, do, and... Mm, what is that? You mean like a guy? The guy yeah, laws? yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that? Because Taiwan is like, very con- concerned, yeah, yeah. No, regardless. Look, look, you cannot get married in Taiwan, and I don't care about that. I'm not. I don't think I'll ever get married. Uh-huh. I, my my issues about gay marriage is I can take it or leave it. Okay. It's it's really no no con- mm-hmm. consequence to me. Uh, other than that, I think Taiwan is okay. There's uh-huh. no there's no major laws. Uh huh. But the culture has a problem to me. Um, like a. Uh, like, just remember, this is before hmm. you even came here. So this is a. Uh, local excuse me i should say i wanted to say conservative mm, you know mm. there, there's still links going back very strong to confucian confucianism mm, and stuff mm, like mm. that but um and this is purely my own opinion and mm-hmm. my, my experience i've been single now for the last two years mm-hmm. so I, i've only started really started dating seriously for the last two years i've always been in relationships i always find two things the one thing is the the, the taiwanese gay guys they will live with their families uh-huh. Even if they are over thirty, right? Which to me is kind of pathetic. Okay, but only to me. You know, I know it's a constant okay, thing. A but in South Africa, you leave your home as soon as possible. You cannot you, get. You, but you mentioned yeah. something interesting, though, because uh, there are people uh, gay, uh, gay who live with their parents because mm. there's still the fetal piety yes, type yes. of. You know, I'm going to take care of my parents. Exactly. Exactly that. Right, and this would. It may yeah, sound. Yeah. It may feel weird to us, but yeah. at least that root value. Mm-hmm. of the culture is still here. Or the other way around, because the parents mm. are taking care of the kids now, the yes. 30-year-old kids, the you know, the 40-year-old kids. Yeah. Um, and to me, to find somebody who is serious about a relationship, I'm not going to find him living with his parents. Well, look, that's look, my, that's my look thing. Look at from a person who's from a straight perspective. Mm-hmm. It sounds the same to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want that a 35-year-old right. girl living with her parents. Yeah, I, that was so yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I can still take that. But the other issue is, like, I will ask them, listen, um, you live with your parents. I'm okay with that. Maybe there's some circumstances. How do you, how does your, how do your parents feel about you being gay? Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't know. 
They don't know. And oh, no, the, maybe they do know, but they don't they know. They never talk about it. Right. And you never came out to your parents. Right. And that's my second issue with gay culture in Taiwan. You live with your family and you're not openly gay, but you're 40 years old. When yeah. are you going to get a life? Well. Your own life, you know? Yeah, well, I, I can understand that. But I think there's some things that people don't exactly talk about in this type of culture at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. It's just known. Mm. It's known, and uh, and as a foreigner, I I, I see that a lot, and mm-hmm. I just leave it as it is because every culture need time to grow into those pairs of shoes or a pair of clothes but they need to. You know, I don't necessarily agree with that because mm-hmm. I have so many gay friends mm-hmm. that are openly gay. Mm-hmm. Um, like I've dated students, like twenty two year twenty three year old students, and they came out to their parents, mm-hmm. and the earth didn't collapse. Like, well, you, that's interesting. You said that. You see. Now you're talking about different age groups that mm. maybe the younger age group or the parents of the younger age groups are more susceptible to the fact that this may way it, it may be. It, and I, and it, I know yeah. friends like that. I have, I have, a, I have a friend. Um, she, was, she wasn't sure what, if her daughter was, was, was gay or not. But mm. she said, well, and, and she's younger and you know, she has a young daughter. And she mm. said, well, it doesn't matter to me much as long as she's happy and healthy. Yes, yes, yes. And, and has a moral concept mm, 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 of the mm. world and herself yeah yeah. but if my friend was close to say over 40 mm. or 50 i don't think she would have the same thoughts mm. about that with her daughter you might be right but in my experience like my last boyfriend is over 40 is 43 mm-hmm. and his parents knew from an early age mm. and and uh, like and even my first time in his boyfriend when i met him the first time he was he just finished his army mm-hmm. and he's, he left with his parents in the house when i came into his bedroom there were pictures of naked men on the walls. Mm-hmm. And his, okay. <laughs> his parents were okay with it. So when I meet Taiwanese guys now when I'm dating, and they say, oh, but it's the culture, it's the culture. I say, no, it's just you. Well, it's just you. Would that, be, would that be the same thing? I look at me back home. If, I, if you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not gay, but I, I, I think about, I have mm. friends that are, and I wonder if that is the same situation back home in the States. There are, in some parts of the States, that are very conservative you know, they, mm-hmm. you know, the, they, people in the, in the gay community have that problem. Yeah. And uh, have that, I don't know what to say, that pressure. But, you know, less so. But, you know, being, being gay in, in, in Asia, in certain parts of Asia is different. If yeah, this yeah, is yeah. not Thailand, this is Taiwan. Yes, yes. And maybe the, re, the things that you experience here may be the same for gay expats or gay nationals in China. Who mm. knows? Singapore, I don't know. But yeah, you're I, teaching me here. <laughs> I just, I just always think like uh, the, the gay issue is like completely an individual issue. Okay. Like in any country, you will find open gay, openly gay people. You will find closeted gay people. So I don't think Taiwanese culture is so closeted as we think. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at the gay pride. How many people were there? Eighty thousand. This, this is the, this is what I want leading to because this is quite a you know for for mm. Asia. This is mm. this is big news. Yeah, yeah. This is big news and. Uh, the, the, the thoughts of people's mind are becoming more internationalized. And, mm-hmm. you know, it may sound to some people that uh, certain concepts of the West is coming to Asia. Mm. In fact, it's always been in Asia. Yes, yes, yes Historically. Yes. I mean, if you want to, you know, I yes. study Chinese history. Yeah. And I can pull out, you know, way back before the opium, you know, historical events, all that stuff. It's always been here, but no one really talked about it or yes, even yes, documented yes. it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a mute thing that we don't mm. need to talk about yeah, <laughs> as yeah. far as what, what other people. But, but I think uh, Taiwan is like South Africa used to be 10 years ago. Mm. Um, really? You can say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. South Africa, when I grew up, was similar. 
like at one stage it wasn't completely okay to be gay. It mm-hmm. was still kind of not 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 good. But then suddenly it became cool. Cool. I remember, yeah. I remember when I left school. Maybe I was around twenty-five. I just finished university. Suddenly it became cool to have gay friends. Like mm-hmm. when I came out to my parents, they were not ashamed. They didn't mm-hmm. hide it. Mm-hmm. They they told other family members. Uh huh. And and and, was, and I'm completely accepted in my family circle. Right. You mm-hmm. know, as and, and my aunts, my uncles, suddenly they they think it's cool. <laughs> you know, and I can see Taiwan becoming like that. Uh-huh. That suddenly it's not so bad. It's kind of cool to have gay friends. It shows mm. that you are open-minded. It's like the old South Africa when suddenly you have a black friend. <laughs> you know, you're a white guy and you have a black friend. Oh, you're cool. You I know, have a you, black friend. You embrace this new system. Mm-hmm. And the same, the same is going to happen in Taiwan, maybe. I, I, it's unstoppable. So there will be gay marriage in Taiwan, just like it happened in America. Wow. You know, so. You know, you know I know you got to. You got to go to another meeting. And, man, you've, you've taught me a lot here. Just me sitting here um, talking to you. And uh, and uh, I'm going to have you back on the show again. Oh, thank you. Because uh, I have a lot to learn here. And I've been here for a long time in different nations. And there's things about people. Regardless, sometimes we're in our own home nation. We're mm. different. And we can't express it. But it takes more when you are living outside your own culture. And you still maintain a certain moral value, mm, mm. but still able to express your individuality and being respectful. And I commend you personally uh, for going into deep, this deep in detail about yourself and your life because it helps me understand more about even myself. Thanks, thanks. And I really appreciate you taking your time out of your day on this wonderful Sunday to come over to my office studio. No worries. Thank you, James. And gotta, Thank you. You know, when I, you know um have you on again but before you go i want you mm. to uh, uh of course everyone in south africa mostly speak english i want you to say something in afrikaans and mm, uh, sure. a bit to what kind of would you like to be like a message or yes. some kind would you, whatever you want to say you just know. don't say anything bad about me no no <laughs> i won't say your names and name i will use a code <laughs> <laughs> okay go ahead um basically before i say something to them i'm going back to south africa in january okay for a month to visit mm-hmm. my parents. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll say something in the line of, like, see you soon and that kind of thing. Go for okay. it. Okay. Thanks. Um, hi, this is Anthony so from Taiwan. It's lekker my eet all met jullie te praat. Uh, enigste Afrikaners uit luister, Afrikaanse mense, ek kom vir julle keier uh, middel van januari, to die einde van februari, wel, einde van februari. Uh, ek gaan wees in die karoe by my male op de aar, en op Priska. So enig iemand wat in uh, die omgeving is, laat my weet, uh, kry my op Facebook, Anton Boetes, En, of ga naar mijn website uh, antonboetes.com en contact mij en ons kan lekker kijken als jullie wel. Bye, dankie. Thanks. Bye, dankie. Yeah, I, I, I understood a little bit of that, but uh, yeah. uh, but look, um, I'll put a lot of this in, in the show notes and where they can find your music because your music is mm. really incredible. Thanks, you write children's CDs and look. Yeah. So thank you for coming along. No problem. Okay. Welcome and anytime. For well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, hey. You know, please, you know, if you can, please drop by iTunes and leave us some kind words in iTunes because it will help us get the message out more about this show. And maybe we can, uh, you know, open up more doors to sharing the life of, you know, expat life abroad and hopefully make the world a little bit closer because we are all the same but different. And also, hey, drop by the website, 4Cs1Family.com. Leave me a voice message. Uh, on the webpage on the right side, you see a tab sticking out. You just press that tab, leave me a recorded message, and uh, maybe I get into the shows. And, 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 you know, just remember, we're all the same but different. For Anton Butes, I'm James Thomas from Taipei, Taiwan. Take care. Bye-bye. Zaijian.
Alright, but goodbye everybody. Bye bye. Thank you. Sees One Family is a production of the World Data Exchange Video Network, WDEVN.